What's up everybody? Back with part two of our discussion on borrowing influence. We promised a part two and here we are talking today about some practical ideas and steps that we can take um, as alternatives to borrowing influence. Um, we didn't want to leave you guys hanging going, okay, well, then how do I get the work moving forward? And what are my options when priorities may collide? And we need to know, okay, we got two different ideas, two different paths, two different ways of going about a project. Who wins? <laughs> how do we proceed? Cage match. Yeah, yeah. How do we, <laughs> right, right. So we're going to give you some unhelpful, funny things today. <laughs> just, just duke it out. No, um, no, we really did want to give you guys some practical ideas. And so we're spending a few minutes today talking through those. Um, Brian, why don't you kick us off when priorities collide, when we're in a moment where we need to decide which direction are we going to go, if we don't want to do a cage match, what are some other options that we might employ to keep moving, to keep getting the work done? Sure. <laughs> As is my custom, I'll give some thoughts and ideas and then you can give the actual helpful information. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, so yeah, when priorities collide, I think <clears throat> one thing comes to mind is understanding the difference between uh, commander's intent in specific direction. Mm. Um, we might have talked about this before, but um, really understanding where maybe the, the leader has said, I would like to do something like X, but they aren't saying specifically I want it done in this particular way or messaged in this particular way. Um, sometimes we can tie our way to their intent and we just need to make sure and keep those things separate. The commander's intent was to do something like this, um, that doesn't mean specifically uh, X and Y particular way or message. So that way we're at least going into it knowing um, the part that's been handed to us, the intent, mm -hmm. and the part that we're working through, which is the way, rather than presuming that the way has been handed to us. Mm -hmm. So I'd say that's part one. Um, part two uh, is the idea of not adding extra moral weight to your position. Mm -hmm. um, I've even seen this done sometimes <laughs> when it's almost this idea that if you don't agree with me, you must not want children to receive Jesus. And it's like, you're adding an awful lot of moral weight to your particular position on how we should do a certain thing That's or what good. we should do. Um, and that always kind of causes a, um, like a tactics conversation to become a values conversation. Mm. And I think unless we have some reason to not believe this, we should walk into all of these conversations assuming that we share values. Yeah. So that these are not values conversations, they're tactics, direction type conversations. Because everyone sitting in the room is in the room because they share our values and they're hopeful around our mission. Hmm. Um, so let's not let it be a conversation about that, right. but rather a conversation about differing opinions, maybe about how we're going to do something. Yeah. Um, and the last thing I'll mention is just kind of a practical idea, um, which is just the notion of having a tool like a RASI chart in place. Um, to help with collaboration and decision making. And we'll go into the details of what that is, but it's a tool that helps us to understand who's part of collaboration, who's ultimately responsible, who's making decisions, which can kind of just help us move through these things um, a little bit easier, clear role definition um, amongst the team when we're in uh, times of figuring things out. Yeah. So those are the three things I would mention, just kind of concepts, mm -hmm. the difference between commander's intent and specific direction, what we're adding moral weight to, and the belief that we're all here for shared values, and then a practical tool having a RASI chart in yeah. place for your team. Um, so with that, I'll 
toss it back to oh, you. Oh, yes. Well, I like more, the, some more helpful for some more. Here's some more practical options. I like that you mentioned the RASI chart. I think that the, the beauty of a chart and a tool like that is its proactive nature. You, you set that up at the beginning of a project right. or at the, you know, kind of the foundation beginning point of whether it's a team uh, dynamic or a project or whatever. Before there's a decision or a disagreement or anything, it's already there. Precisely. And I think so many of the helpful things that we want to sort of share with you all today are in that bucket. They're, they're proactive things that we can do. Um, all of us uh, are going to reach a point where we're going to need to resolve the confusion or figure out what the way forward is um, without leaning into that overborrowing of influence. Um, and ultimately, the higher we go in our leadership, there is no perfect kind of stepwise approach to dealing with conflict. Right. It's, there's, there's nuance in conflict that requires us to be thoughtful um, and to be great, relatable leaders. And that's where we gain a tremendous amount of experience and exposure is just going through lots of different versions of that and not having a one, two, three roadmap. For Correct, yeah. But as we're trying to level up leadership and be prepared for these moments where we might find ourselves in a conflict, competing priorities, um, here's just a couple proactive ideas to get you guys going. Um, first, to start you know, kind of on the heels of talking about a RASI chart, um, do we have the visibility on the priorities and the load and the schedule? Like, is there a shared understanding of what we are going to work on ahead of time? Because then we can sort of avoid getting to these moments where we're almost kind of scrambling when there wasn't maybe a plan or direction to begin with. And ideally documented. Yes, not just, right. <laughs> we, we think we all have in our heads the same uh, priorities and load and schedule. Right. We've actually collected uh, collected them and documented. Right. One of the uh, ways we do this is in our, our programming calendar. It's having a master. We have a plan. So some right. of what we've already done to be proactive and avoid some of these moments is we're not figuring out what we're doing every year month to month. Right. We, we've done it ahead of yeah. time so that we can set the team up to move forward with um, some unity and momentum. Uh, next one, have the right people at the table. Another thing that we can proactively do uh, to avoid getting to that moment of, I need to now borrow influence to, to move things forward. Pastor Matt has talked about right. it. Pastor Dan has talked about it. Getting the right people at the table, the best minds at the table to solve the problem can help us to keep things moving without kind of running into you know these obstacles and these barriers along the way. Um, this kind of goes along with having the right people at the table. You might ask, how do I know who should be at the table? Who are the right people to invite in? And it's a great time to look at gifting and expertise over the title. I may be the manager, but I don't need to make all of the decisions. I don't need to be uh, my influence borrowed to move forward or make the plan or have my way be the way. I want to defer to those who have the expertise, have the experience to speak into something so that the best decision can bubble up. We kind of talked about that in the first session a little bit. Because I, because I am responsible for an area doesn't mean that I have the expertise to accomplish everything that needs to be done in that area. Exactly. So if I invite in some expertise to the table, then it's best to defer to their gifting um, when we're in a, maybe a place of, of difference of opinion. Yeah, that's great. And I think that really is timely. You know, we've been talking a lot about our generational transition and the handoff to the next generation, getting really good at inviting the right people to the table is something that we can actually, it's a skill I think yeah. we can grow in. It's the thoughtfulness to go, who needs to be part of this conversation? 
so that we can again keep the work moving and and find find good success yes. in the plan and the strategic who so that we don't have 30 people at every, <laughs> right, you know, every table right. just to make sure all the bases are covered correct right? yeah that's, that's great. an overcorrection sometimes here's another good one that i think is is really key running a good development process um sometimes i, I my experience has been this and probably others feel the same you know if we get started late on something that can be a time where we might over borrow influence to get it done. To get it done. Yeah. Hey, you know, DZ wants this or PMB wants this. When really, what we needed to have done was just start our development process earlier, so we didn't arrive now needing to close the gap of the deadline by borrowing influence. Right. Right. Um, and then I think another great one that kind of goes along uh, with the uh, first one, as far as visibility of the pri priorities. Is understanding what like a, what what actually priority means. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, is it is it a value or a focus versus like an example like a, a comms channel? Um, what is the priority uh, that we that, like? This is an important thing, or just this concept that we need to come up with is is important. Um, meaning the specific versus hey, this isn't you know this is a value. Um, you know, you use the example that Dan brought up. Sometimes, some you know, the the park example Dan was talking about. Like, oh. I, want, I want you know to have a staff meeting in the park and, and have worship. They're offering an idea, not necessarily setting the priority. Right. The priority might be getting families together in a fun environment. Right. But the priority isn't necessarily that it be at the park or include worship or whatever. Right. Right. Um, so understanding, yeah, what, what the what the priority actually is in the idea that's being offered. Versus is it just this specific exact thing, like we need to have this comm channel right. or this worship at the park or this right, thing. Right, yeah, right. that's great. So these are some of the proactive ones, things that we can do ahead of time to position us to be able to get through the moments where conflict might arise, where we might have to, or might be tempted to over borrow or lean into borrowing influence. There's also one that, or the reality that sometimes we can do all of the proactive things in the world and still arrive at a point where there's conflict. Mm -hmm. You, my boss, Brian, might have a different opinion than another manager or supervisor. And I, as a staff member reporting to maybe two different people, I think about our dual role employees, right. might just arrive at a point where, okay, I need to be over here, but my other boss says I need to be over here. It may just be a good point to then escalate and then gain clarity for the future. Might drop, draft up an email and right. say, hey bosses, here's where I'm at. This is what I'm being asked to do. Want to just gain clarity from you both on where I need to be putting my effort and my energy or physically where do I need to show up tomorrow? <laughs> and then that's helping me now gain clarity for the future. Right. Es uh, escalating is kind of like uh, actually borrowing influence. Sometimes it's okay to borrow influence. In the same way, sometimes it's okay to just escalate it to get clarity rather than feeling like, no, we have to work it out. We're, we're expected to work it out and gain experience in that process. Mm. Sometimes it is okay to, to simply escalate it. I would say when you do, try to not just get clarity on the issue at hand, but if there's an opportunity to gain clarity for the future around the idea of the work that you're doing, go ahead and do that because then you might be able to make more decisions moving forward without escalating. Yeah, that's great. Or without conflict for that matter. Yeah, yeah. Basically saying, hey, if I find myself in a situation like this or when moments like this are how best should I be approaching that? Right, and you might get some direction that unlocks your your ability to just carry that out moving forward. Yeah, that's great. Escalating. So a few proactive thoughts that we can do, a few uh, or kind of one concept to be um, employing if we find ourselves where they're just 
is an, an inevitable conflict that we're going to find ourselves in where there may be competing priorities or uh, competing asks uh, to escalate and then gain a clarity for the future. I think that's it for this one. Yeah, I think we're good. I think we covered it. Find so it excited to uh, dive into some new um, series and ideas coming up. I'll, I won't even uh, mention what they are to so just help <laughs> further build the anticipation of what might be next. Wow. But appreciate you guys listening along. As always, uh, feel free to send us any thoughts or uh, reactions or any stories you've had as you've been uh, maybe employing some of these um, tools and some of the ideas in your day-to-day work life. And we will catch up with you soon. Cool.